everyone. Welcome to the Who to Thunk It podcast. This is the recommendation section by Shannon. Um, I hope everyone's having a good holiday season. And speaking of holidays, uh, one of the things that I'm going to recommend to you guys this week is the peppermint white mocha from Starbucks. No, I'm not getting paid to do this recommendation. It's just one of my really favorite drinks. Um, It is a white mocha uh, coffee with espresso and then has peppermint pumps added into it. It's very holiday-y and very fun and festive and they even have delicious chocolate shavings that they put on top. So if you guys haven't been to Starbucks to check this out, I highly recommend you do it. This might sound very cliche but I don't care because it's Christmas time and I'm loving it. So if you guys celebrate Christmas, it's basically Christmas in a cup. Um, if you don't, it's still a really good drink too. So I hope you guys give it a shot and I hope you enjoy your holiday season. On to the podcast. Well, howdy, Who to Thunkers. This is the host of the Who to Thunk It podcast, Zeb, coming to you um, for episode 90 called The Blood Countess. Um, and thank you for listening for that recommend- to that recommendation segment by Shannon. She recorded that. I just had her open the podcast for us this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed. And now for the main event. The past few episodes have been about different milestones in technology and science, but this week I wanted to take a different route. This week I wanted to learn about something dark and twisted. The story takes place in the 16th and 17th century Hungary near Transylvania. But this isn't about Count Dracula. No. This episode is about Elizabeth Bathory, the Blood Countess. Her name in her native Hungarian form, I'm going to try to do as best I can, Eskedi Bathory Elizabeth. Anyway, that's probably terrible, but, you know, her name is sound differently native. It didn't sound like Elizabeth Bathory in Hungary. It was, you know, Eskedi Bathory Elizabeth. There you go. Although some speculate that Bram Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula was inspired by the Blood Countess, none of the author's notes indicate as much. She was born in August of 1560 and died of natural causes in August of 1614, uh, just two weeks after her 54th birthday. Her family was a very well-connected bunch. Her uncle was king of Poland. Uh, She had dukes, barons, baronesses, and so forth in her family. Born into a privileged family of nobility, Elizabeth uh, was endowed with wealth, education, and a prominent social rank. It is safe to say that Elizabeth was relatively well off for the time period. Bathory, Elizabeth Bathory, raised as a Calvinist Protestant. It's a form of Protestant Protestant, um, Christianity that uh, believed in the straightforward word of the Bible. As a young woman, she learned Latin, German, Hungarian, and Greek. So she could speak a lot of different languages. She was pretty, you know, you have to be kind of smart to know that many languages. She may have been well off financially, but Elizabeth's childhood was grim. As a child, she suffered multiple violent seizures that most believe were caused by epilepsy. During the 1500s, symptoms relating to epilepsy were diagnosed as falling sickness, which is sounds so stupid, falling sickness, and treatments included rubbing blood of a non-sufferer on the lips of an epileptic or giving the epileptic a mix of non-sufferer's blood and a piece of skull as their episode ended. Fun, 
What a great way to treat people. Some historians believe that her parents, being first cousins, may have contributed to her poor health. There is no hard evidence of this, so it could be just rumors, but it is said that little Elizabeth witnessed various horrors of man within her family's estate. Stories include a young Elizabeth Bathory witnessing brutal punishments executed by her family's officers and being taught by family members involved with Satanism and witchcraft. She witnessed the punishment of a man caught stealing as she played spectator to a man being sewn into the body of a horse while still alive. She reportedly laughed at the sight. It was common for her to see the harsh beatings of her family's servants. Instead of looking away from all this violence, she seemed to be drawn to it. So not a good sign that your kid is drawn to violence. At the age of 11, Bathory, who was considered a beautiful and well-educated girl, became engaged to Hungarian Count Ferenc Nadasse. Nadasse. Um, all these words, all these names are kind of off because they're Hungarian and I know nothing about Hungarian culture. Elizabeth promptly uh, moved into her future husband's house. Well, uh, more like an estate with a castle and everything. It wasn't just a house. These people were rich. There she was uh, there she was educated on how to run the estate of her future mother-in-law. At the age of 13, before her first marriage, remember they got engaged, but they didn't get married yet, Elizabeth allegedly gave birth to a child. It's a problem. They weren't married yet. The child, said to have been fathered by a peasant boy, was supposedly given away to a local woman who was trusted by the Bathory family. The woman was paid for her actions, and the child was taken to Wallachia. Wallachia, pretty sure that's where Dracula's from. So it's just cool that these this family lives near Transylvania. They're giving away their bastard kids to people in Wallachia. All where, like, Dracula's from, so it's pretty cool. Legend says her uh, betrothed fiancé, Ferenc Nadaste, found out about Elizabeth's affair and took action. He had the peasant boy castrated and then executed by feeding him to dogs alive. So... What a nice family these people are. A 15-year-old Bathory married Ferenc Nadaste on May 8th of 1575. Some sources say 1574. The wedding was a massive banger. It was a huge party with over 4,500 guests in attendance, and it went on for three days straight. It was at their wedding when Ferenc Nadaste gave his wife a castle just for her. It was Castle Kastice. Kastice. C-A-C-H-T-I-C-E. You can look it up. It's actually kind of beautiful. It's now just ruins, but it's beautiful on a hill. Um, but beautiful in a messed up way. Um, it was Kashwa Kashtise, and it was a grim, foreboding structure. It's kind of a grim-looking place. Kind of reminds you of Dracula's castle. The surrounding village and farmland is where Elizabeth committed the many acts that gave her the gruesome moniker, the Blood Countess. So now we're getting into it, other than what she's already seen and laughed at. The couple's first child was born 10 years after their marriage in 1885. Elizabeth Bathory gave birth to five children. Two died as infants, but two daughters and a son survived. As her husband was a soldier who was often off fighting Ottoman Turks, the couple spent most of their marriage apart. Ferenc was brutally effective on the battlefield and was called the Black Knight of Hungary because he beat the crap out of people. When they were together, Ferenc educated his wife in techniques of torture. What a nice bonding exercise. Um, he taught Elizabeth the fun little game of placing oiled paper in between the toes in betwixt the toes and fingers of servant girls, then lighting them on fire. Why? Because it's fun, I guess? I don't know. He also gave Elizabeth a clawed metal glove so she could scratch and permanently scar the faces of servant girls that displeased her. 
because he wanted he's like well gotta know that one didn't make my wife happy <laughs> when the turks invaded hungary in 1591 it kicked off the long war yep just called the long war this is when ferenc talent ferenc's talent for combat um scared his enemies and allies alike this war was sapping the hungarian empire of its economic resources but ferenc the black knight never stopped sending his spoils of war back home to his wife she was showered in wealth from the ottoman empire this steady flow of wealth made the sinister couple so rich that they lent money to the hungarian habsburg empire to keep the country afloat during the long war while ferenc was out fighting elizabeth was learning how to effectively run her estate she defended the castle against she defended the castle Castice against uh I'm probably pronouncing that wrong too against the the enemy Turks and gave shelter to surrounding peasants um so she was pretty effective at what she was doing um running the estate and keeping people safe Ferenc did teach his wife how to torture her servants but he wasn't the biggest influence um he was he taught her how to do mild torture sadistic no doubt uh but this other this next chapter in Elizabeth's life gets a lot worse. In 1601, Elizabeth met Anna Darvoria. 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 <laughs> Very Hungarian names. Darvoria was thought to be a witch by the community, and her sadistic nature was well known. Uh, she took Elizabeth from a torturer that maimed her victims to a full-blown torturing serial killer. So, so now she's killing people. Elizabeth would take servant girls, torture them for as long as she wanted, and then murder them. No one even came looking for them because that is just how lowly peasants were thought of in those days, at least in Hungary. She and her family name, she and her family name were so powerful that she could kill all she wanted without any fear of repercussions. So think about that. You have someone who's been seeing torture and violence all her life, has been drawn to violence, showing signs of psychopathy as, even as a young child. And now she knows she's old enough. She has power. She has her own estate. Her husband's not around. Even if he was, sounds like he'd be fine with it too. And she knows that whatever she does, she's cool. It's all good. You're not going to get in trouble. One of the very few people to even acknowledge the deaths was a local priest that had grown weary of performing an unusual amount of burial rites for young servant girls in Elizabeth's charge. The priest basically pulled Elizabeth aside and said, look, uh, and I am paraphrasing this, look, I know what you're doing. You might want to think about stopping. This sort of stuff, like mass murder, tends to piss off God. If you keep telling me these girls have died from... Or you keep telling me these girls have died from various illnesses, but you and I know damn well that if any of these bodies were exhumed, they will find all sorts of evidence that points to torture and mutilation. Elizabeth threatened the priest and asked her hubby to shut him up, and he did. Uh, he didn't kill the priest. He just told the priest, hey, drop it. We're powerful. We'll donate to the church. And it was just dropped. Elizabeth was killing like dozens and dozens and dozens of peasant girls they would become her servants. She would kill them. She'd have to find new servants. Then she was like, screw it. I'm not even going to do it to my servants anymore. It's a pain to get new servants. I'm just going to lure young peasant girls from my local community to my castle with riches and stuff, then torture them, then sometimes throw them over my castle walls, feed them to dogs. Maybe I have, you know, start running out of places to bury the bodies. I'll bury them in my courtyard. Um, yeah, it, it was brutal, brutal. After Ferenc Nadasse had fallen ill in 1601, which paralyzed him from the waist down, uh, he died in January of 1604. That was her husband. So now she had no husband. And that is when Elizabeth Bathory took control of her extensive estates. So before she was working 
in the estate because her husband is at war. Now it's full on hers to do whatever she wants. She was accused of, of a haunting litany of crimes against both female servants and minor noblewomen who'd become, who'd come, yeah, who'd come to her for training and education. Most of her alleged assaults and murders took place after she was widowed in 1604. Some of Bathory's victims were covered with honey and left outside for insects to devour. During colder parts of the year, young women might be stripped naked and forced into deadly ice baths. Bathory sometimes tortured girls by driving needles into their fingers, cutting their noses or lips with whipping or whipping them with what's called stinging nettles. Uh, she would bite shoulders and breasts, as well as burning the flesh, including the genitals of some victims. The intimate nature of Bathory's attacks suggests a sexual motivation, though it's impossible to know with certainty what compelled her to act. So she bit into people. She did all. It was always girls. She had hundreds of peasants, girls, to torture and kill. When she was done torturing her victims, she often threw their remains over the castle wall to be eaten by, by wolves or wild dogs, as I said. So at the very least, she was an animal lover, you know, helping out those local wolves of her community, you know? I'm just kidding. Elizabeth didn't do all of this on her own. She employed the help of Anna Dorvoria and other servants. Employed, well, there's some speculation of whether they did it because they wanted to or did because they did it because they had to or a mix of both. Some were happy to join Elizabeth and others were threatened with torture if they didn't help with the torturing themselves. All of these atrocities were carried out on peasants because peasants couldn't bring charges against a noble at the time. Hell, some of the peasant parents were fine with the arrangement because it meant Elizabeth would give them money in exchange for their daughter and then never see their daughter again. They might assume that she went somewhere else, uh, but I doubt that they were imagining that they were daughters being tortured to death. In 1609, Anna Dalvoria, Elizabeth's most influential torturer and accused, uh, an accused witch, had died. So now... Pretty much everyone above her is dying. She's at the top. She's the torturer. She's the main one. But when Elizabeth began to target girls from noble houses, her crimes quickly caught up with her. Apparently, another one of Elizabeth's accomplices, who, like I said, I, I stopped looking up names. <laughs> uh, another one of her accomplices who dabbled in witchcraft, uh, supposedly, convinced Elizabeth to start targeting noble girls. She told Elizabeth that if she spilled noble blood instead of peasants, it would solve her financial issues at the time. So she was, you know, she could always use more money. And she, her witch friend was like, well, you're always killing peasants. Maybe all that poor people blood is making you poor. How about you spill the blood of the rich girls and then you'll get rich? Huh? Huh? Science. Um, on December 29th of 1610, Count Gregory Thurzo, um, who oversaw judicial matters as the Lord Palatine of Hungary arrived at Bathory's castle, Kastise, uh, to investigate the Countess's alleged crimes against women of noble birth. Any mistreatment of servants was not a concern to authorities, so he was just checking up on the noble deaths. Elizabeth was appalled that she was being investigated and insisted that she was innocent. She claimed her servants were going mad. She told Thurzo and the local community that her servants would kill each other in uh, fits of murder-suicide. Sounds like some sick game that only, you know, some sick excuse that it would only be fabricated by such a twisted mind of Elizabeth. When Thurzo went unannounced to investigate 
Dishe Castle, uh, one day he opened the door to find the mutilated body of a servant girl right by the door. Like they just left it by the coats and their shoes at the at the entrance. He went in further and found two more bodies. Thurzo reportedly surprised Elizabeth Bathory and her team of accomplices in the middle of torture, tormenting a victim, and in response, immediately imprisoned her in her home. Uh, her high status meant she would not be jailed as a common criminal, but sort of kept on house arrest. Some Elizabeth Bathory servants were then arrested, questioned, and subjected to torture. The accomplices' uh, court proceedings began early. In January of 1611, these servants denied their culpability in the murders, but admitted to burying multiple victims through the number, uh, though the number in their accounts varied between 36 and 51. In addition to shifting blame to their mistress and each other, they also implicated a deceased servant, the wicked Anna Dalvoria, who served as maid and governess. And a, a witch, of course. Four servant accomplices were punished harshly. Their fingers were slowly torn out by iron tongs, which was a fatal form of torture due to blood loss. So they would, you know, they get these big iron tongs, place them over their their pinky, rip it out. Terribly painful, ripping out blood, cartilage, um, bone, everything. And then that start bleeding out. Then they'd go the next one. Your ring finger's gone. Then they do the middle finger. Then they do the index finger and the thumb. And now you have a bloody stump that's just gushing blood from your body. And you're like, oh, thank God, I ran out of fingers. And then you're like, nope, I have another hand. So they do the other hand. And it's terrible, it's awful, they're screaming, and they die. Um, once they died, their bodies were placed on a bonfire. So, yep, great way to be executed in Hungary. One of the accomplices, a young boy named Fizko, was spared torture because of his young age. Which, oh, it's so nice. Um, you know, it's nice to know that they had some kind of compassion, right? No, instead of torture, instead of torture he was beheaded and then burned. So, still killed a little kid. Another accomplice named Catalin was spared death. Okay, here we go. So, she wasn't murdered, all right? Elizabeth's surviving, uh, Elizabeth's surviving victims and witnesses said Catalin, this servant helper, would sneak food to victims being starved for fun. It was believed Catalin was forced to help her fellow torturers um, and instead of doing it for fun. Even though she wasn't killed, she was sentenced to life in prison. So the person they think who was threatened with torture herself, unless she didn't torture other people, life imprisonment. <laughs> life imprisonment outside of her home. Whereas <laughs> Elizabeth Bathory, house arrest. Great. After these executions, Thurzo continued to investigate the Countess. One witness stated that Elizabeth Bathory herself had listed 650 victims in her papers, though the number of victims varied in other testimonials and the Countess's exact death toll remains unknown. The evidence gathered by Thurzo also included 289 witness statements. So that's a lot of mounting evidence. As a member of a powerful family, Elizabeth Bathory was not put on trial. Instead, she was isolated, perhaps walled up, in the castle Castice, uh, where she remained. While in custody, basically on house arrest, Elizabeth would constantly claim she was innocent and that her servants were all to blame. She hated them, and she hated Thurzo, the dude that locked her up. There's a big history ba or backstory between Thurzo and Elizabeth's uh, now-dead husband, that they were good buddies, and her husband's like, watch after my wife when I die, and Thurzo's like, <laughs> finger guns, you got it, man. I'm going to lock her up for killing people. Many priests would visit Elizabeth, uh, but she would never acknowledge the horrible things that she had done. While she's locked up in this castle, these priests are coming to see her, and like, 
hey, would you like to repent? And she's like, repent for what? I'm an angel. I didn't do anything wrong. In 1614, Elizabeth complained to a guard that her hands were cold. He told her to lie down and get some rest. She did so and never woke up. The body of a 54-year-old Bathory was found on August 21st, 1614 in Castle Kastise, located in present-day Slovakia. That I did pronounce correctly, Slovakia, where she'd been imprisoned since 1610. She was initially buried in the crypt on her estate, but her body was likely moved afterward. They tried to exhume it in 1995, where they thought her body was. Nothing was to be found. So someone has stolen, stolen the blood countess's body. If you know where the, the remains of this of the blood countess's body are, please email us at whodathunkit. No, I'm just kidding. Don't email me. Uh, but I, it would be interesting to know what they did with her body, why they did it. So maybe some t satanic ritual or something. Who knows? Today, there is doubt that Elizabeth was guilty. Some now think she may have been the victim of a 17th century witch hunt. The evidence against Bathory has flaws. Of 289 witness accounts, more than 250 offered either hearsay or no information whatsoever. So how are those witness accounts if, if 250 of them was like no information? What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> this is from a site that, that says that they have, you know, the they try to get the closest thing to the facts they can. So I, I get what they're saying, but it's like, how is that even considered a witness account if some of them gave no information? I just shook hands and shared tea and sent the detective Thurzo on his way. I don't know. The testimony that Bathory had listed 650 victims was a secondhand account and accounting of what a court official had discovered. Yet the official who'd supposedly seen this information didn't testify. Many of the witnesses who spoke against Bathory were beholden to Thurzo, who oversaw... Oh, oh sorry. I just hit something and my script is gone. Here we go. Many of the witnesses who spoke against Bathory were beholden to Thurzo, who oversaw the entire investigation. And the fact that Bathory's servants were tortured makes their confession unreliable. Because that's what torture does. Some believe that Elizabeth was a victim of a witch hunt orchestrated by her family to take control of her estate and wealth. They believe it was a conspiracy backed by the powerful Habsburg family who felt threatened by a family so rich they could afford to loan money to their empire to stay afloat. In 1989, recently, writer Michael Frayn stated the accusations against Bathory were su supported by testimony from more than 300 individuals, some of whom described physical evidence and the presence of mutilated dead, dying, and imprisoned girls found at the time of her arrest. So, some believe it happened, some didn't. In 2018, the article, uh, Presglad Nok Historic, in English, it's Historical Science Review, uh, <laughs> Alexandra Bartesorvik's whatever stated that when Bathory was persecuted, the accusations were a spectacle to destroy her family's influence in the region, which was considered a threat to the political interests of her neighbors, including the Habsburg Empire. Legends describing Bathory's vampiric tendencies, such as the tale that she bathed in the blood of virgins to retain her youth, were generally recorded years after her death and are considered unreliable. Even all those people who testified against her and talked about all these terrible torture and gore said nothing about her bathing in virgin blood, so they think that definitely didn't happen. Stories about Bathory quickly became part of natural folklore. Nicknames and literary epitaphs attributed to her include the Blood Countess and Countess Dracula. Doubt the doubt here, though. So people say it didn't happen. Let's see. It is unlikely that Elizabeth Bathory was completely innocent. 
1602, she's still alive, a priest wrote a letter that discussed the excessive cruelty exhibited by Bathory and her husband towards their servants. The testimony against Bathory could have included true tales about how harshly she acted with lower classes. She acts, or such acts weren't illegal at the time. Bathory was only punished because her victims were said to have included noblewomen, uh, but would still make Bathory responsible for many ruined lives. So that's the blood countess. She killed some upwards of 650 servant girls after torturing them extensively. And what happened to her? She was sentenced to house arrest in her, the own a dungeon of her own home. Um, not saying it was a cakewalk. She was still imprisoned and couldn't leave. But it's house arrest where her accomplices were tortured to death. So, you know, she got off pretty easy for being one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. The, the original femme fatale killed 600 people <laughs> kind of scary reading about this chick i was gonna do some another fun scientific podcast and i was like i want to do something historical and messed up so i did the blood count test thought about waiting for halloween to do it but decided to do it now thanks for listening who to thunkers to episode 90 of the who to thunk it podcast with me your host zeb hope you tune in next week hope you enjoyed it if you want to hit me up on the interwebs i've got a facebook page now and the link to be able to send me a voice chat through anchor you can always do that so let me know thanks for listening tune in next week mm-hmm.